What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We are taking out all the manual work and simplifying the process. Just help make it easier on the back end office people that are dealing with all the paperwork, all the invoices, all the paper um, paper going in and out. And then also the single driver that's out there having to manage all this while he's moving. Um, he's out there for potentially weeks at a time having to try and manage his invoices, managing getting paid, taking care of all his bills. And we're making it simple, automated. It's an organizational tool and it's um, just easy to use. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. All right, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm joined today with Mr. Jeff Davis from... Davison. Did I say Davis? Davison. Yeah. So like Davis's son. That's right. All right. I'm joined today with Mr. Jeff Davison from Freightmate. What's up, Jeff? Hey, how are you been? Man, I'm good, man. I'm, you know, enjoying the weather out here in ATL, um, you know, trying to get settled. How's everything going on your end? Good. Yeah. Well, if you're enjoying it, then you must enjoy the heat because <laughs> we're setting records right now. It's perfect it's t- time to have this. How, how hot is it today? I think it's 99 for the next few days. It's the hottest days of the summer when you decide to show up. Wow. Wow. 99 degrees. All right. Well, we need to bring the heat on this episode then, there man, we go. to, to complement the weather out there. <laughs> so, All right. So let's talk about Freightmate. You are the CEO of Freightmate. That's correct. Uh, give the audience a, just a quick introduction of what Freightmate is just for context. Yeah. So Freightmate is an automated load management solution. And that's temp- really what that means is we have built a solution that really embodies from load agreement to load completion, we're automating that entire process. And so it's as simple as forwarding an email, attaching a driver and letting our system do the rest. And then when you're done, attach your documents and push push complete and all the emails are sent. We are taking out all the manual work and simplifying the process to help make it easier on the back end office people that are dealing with all the paperwork, all the invoices, all the paper, um, paper going in and out. And then also the single driver that's out there having to manage all this while he's moving. Um, he's out there for potentially weeks at a time, having to try and manage his invoices, managing getting paid, taking care of all his bills. And we're making it simple, automated. It's an organizational tool and it's um, just easy to use. We're trying to make it as easy as possible. Got it. Automated load management solution. So what we call this like a TMS, like a transportation management system? We wouldn't go there um, just because TMS kind of implies that you're doing all these other things where you're doing um, accounting, you're doing other functions outside of just true operations. And we are really focused right now in our life cycle on auto, auto automation operations. And so um, we really think that there is a big need in the market for people to really understand and simplify their operations so they can spend more time making calls, making customer relations and those kinds of things. Um, and there's plenty of things out there right now that you can partner with that are free, that are high quality in that instance, accounting solutions that we can then send all your information to so you can manage your AR and AP and all those kinds of things externally. So 
we are very focused in our box um, from that, like I said, that load agreement to load completion piece um, right now. And we're willing and looking for any and all partners when it comes to all the external pieces, because there's a lot of pieces outside of our focus that we think are already in place that are, are good to use. Got it. And you come from a transportation background, correct? Yeah. So I have um, been in the industry in the trucking side for about 12 years now, started um, officially working in a family business that got into the trucking side. So we were on the ag side hauling baby pigs up in the north. Um, hauling baby pigs? Baby pigs. Yeah. T tell me about that, man. That sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> it, uh, it's a whole different world. Now, you, most and you, and you said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said family business. This is your family? Or yeah. This? Okay. Yeah. It was an uncle of mine. Um, and he had an ag construction business. And so he's been um, successful in multiple different realms. But he, uh, he had a, a construction business. So we were building what they call cattle barns. Um, and it was kind of a new age version of that. And we were helping kind of remodel and redo chicken barns and, and um, hog farms and things along those lines. And one of the largest hog producers in the country was a client that we were doing some remodel work for. And um, it came to my attention that my uncle had three trucks and three trailers that we just never really used and um, didn't spend too much time getting used to the history of how we ended up with these. But I was like, you know, we should go and talk to this company and be like, hey, we should do more than just, you know, help you with the construction side. We should help run your product for you and move you around. Mm. And so um, my uncle, it didn't take long to get him on board and he knew some people and we eventually got some drivers going and. Um, yeah, it's a whole different world because there's not an address for any of those things. It's That's super interesting. Like when I hear stuff like that, I, I get kind of excited because I love niches and I love yeah. like really cool, different niches. So I wanted to spend some time with that. That's fine. So you said, so you said that he was doing construction. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. like helping build, what is it? The farm? So or? yeah. So it was like these big buildings. So like up in the North, especially, um, you'd have these massive cattle farms, people with 500 to a thousand head of cattle. And it's, you don't always have a room in this range like you would out west where they can just free roam. And so um, they were really, when my uncle was doing this, when I was with them at least, it was really trying to change the game of not just putting them basically in a big barn on concrete, which is bad for cows, it produces bad meat, all those kinds of things. They were really trying to kind of do the new age of that, building bigger barns, having less sides, better flow of air putting rubber down, like all that kind of stuff. So he okay. was really into that world. Like a new age, like barn? Yeah. Like, so okay. it was kind of a, it was kind of forward thinking and kind of pulling out of kind of that eighties mass construction of ag, um, ag construction into really kind of a, a newer age of it. So okay. he had some connections in that world and they had kind of brought these things to it. And he had some partners that kind of prefabbed a lot of the stuff. And then he was, um, the general contractor. Who are some companies that does this type of stuff? Do you, can you um, Oh, let's see. There's one. Um, the one we used most was EPS. Okay. Out of Gretton, Iowa. So okay. a real small town. I think they pretty much own Gretton, Iowa. <laughs> I'm um, sure they probably do. But Bill Brown was a great guy. Um, I don't know if he's still running the company now because I know he was um, slowly kind of phasing out of the day to day when I was doing that 10 years ago. But Bill Brown was a great guy. Um, and they did prefab houses and everything. So they were like the full, they were really into design the building, design the house, and then we will pre-assemble a lot of things and you just got to kind of put it together. So it's almost kind of like a pre-built Lego set where you have pieces put together and then you only have prefabricated kind of house. So yeah, so it was really interesting. But imagine instead of your typical barn that's peaked in the middle and has four sides, it's basically slanted from one way to the other based on the direction of 
you know, the wind and everything else. So it would kind of face a certain way. So cows could live in it, even when it's, you know, in Iowa sub zero, the, oh. the heat they would produce being in a general area would keep them warm. And then also the wind and stuff and the shade in the summer would help keep it cool. So it kind of, it was a very interesting world to be in um, when we were doing it. I could imagine that. All right. And then you said that there was some trucks around some, somehow, some way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so he worked, um, we were in Boone, Iowa, and he worked um, in kind of an industrial area. And I never really had noticed, but they were just sitting on the lot. But I never realized they were ours because there was other businesses. And it was like we were kind of in the front office of a building that we didn't use any other way. Yeah. And so um, we got to talking about it and it became kind of a side business. And then it became kind of part of the business. And so. Um, and what yeah. type of trucks were these? Uh, I think they were just mid um, mid 2000 Freightliner Columbia's. And what kind of like the trailers? What kind? So of they were I think they all were 53 ag trailers. Um, I don't remember which brand they were off the top of my head, yeah, but yeah. they were, they kind of had that belly in them. Um, and so those were for the bigger, bigger pigs, the sows and things on those lines. And then you had these flat floor trailers at the times. And those were for the baby pigs because they were obviously were so small, they couldn't go up and down all the ramps and everything else. So all those trailers are flat. So there's a small education on, if you go down the road and you see a bunch of pigs, you'll know by the trailer, what type, what type and what size of animal is in there because little ones can't ha handle the up and down in those, ah, um, in those bellies. Okay. So did you see anybody moving them around? Like what gave you the idea to say, Hey, we should use this equipment to start, you know, moving the pigs around. Yeah. Like, well, I think it just was like, should we use those and do more? <laughs> okay. I think it was like, it was kind of one of those things where he had a strong business. Um, we had, you know, everything was in a, in a good place. And it was just kind of like, maybe we should expand, try and do more things and find another revenue source, especially considering we already had the customers. Yeah. Um, my uncle was um, the king when it came to relationships. He knew everybody. Everybody knew him. He, he was easy for him to gather business for those kinds of things. And so um, when we had that conversation, it didn't take long for him to just start letting those wheels turn and go, I can make a few calls and we can we can figure this out. So, got it. Got it. And how do you load pigs into a trailer? Uh, the simplest way to really <laughs> describe it is there's usually a chute off the building. So it would raise it up into the height that you would need to get them into the trailer. Um, usually in this case, if it's baby pigs, you're like in this full outfit, like a hazmat suit looking thing. And you have basically these paddles and these boards to help kind of guide them in. So you're, I mean, the, the whole idea of cattle prodding, all that stuff's, you know, long gone they do have i mean shockers probably still exist in some form or fashion but yeah with what we were doing it was purely kind of like a soft paddle to kind of guide so you're just loading them in there all running up this ramp and then they go in is there like a certain amount of pigs that fit in the trailer yep. like how do you do that from like a load management standpoint so usually they would have a weight of kind of what they expect you know the you know the average weight would be you know let's say an average pig it was larger 300 400 pounds or something like that then you would just start doing the math okay we can do this many you need to put this many in this in this gate so that the weight spaces out correctly and off you go. Got it. Has there any, ever been a crazy story you have from like transporting pigs? Not transporting them. Um, some of the people that we had hired to do it, we had, it was always kind of interesting because with ag, it takes a certain person to want to do that because <laughs> I mean, you're going to smell like it. You're getting, I mean, you are going to be like you're working on the farm. And yeah. so I think the craziest story we ever had was we had a driver that decided um that i think he saw a deer because a lot of these run at night and so he saw a deer and i guess he had a bow and arrow or something with him and, <laughs> and took arrow. it down 
strapped it to the back of his truck. And then when he was coming by the place the next morning, we saw it and he explained that he basically went on a hunting trip on the highway. Rambo. Was, yeah. While, <laughs> while pulling pigs. So that was, it was stuff like that. You, Rambo. Like, He's out was, there. <laughs> yeah. Just, it was just hit him real quick with the arrow while you got the pigs in the back. It was, yeah. Like you said, it takes a unique individual to do something like yeah, that. Yeah. Cause like I said, I could never do it. I mean, and he still runs a um, a great business when it comes to like washing out those trailers because there's a whole sanitary process to that. Mm. Um, with cows and things, sometimes you don't have to wash it out as much. At least that was the, I don't know as much now as I did back then um, and what the new regulations are, but usually you could maybe run one or two times, three times through it. But with pigs, especially babies, I mean, you do this whole sanitation process. So mm. that trailer was brand new clean every time it got used. And so that was a business, that was another business that he eventually got in after him and I um, separated and I went kind of in a different route and he, he kind of really got into that business and that's been really good for him. Got it. And my last pig question, cause I'm just fascinated yeah. by this. How much, how much money do you make hauling pigs? Like, is it, was it a pro profitable margins or how did you even bill that? Like, how did you know what to charge the guy to haul them? Yeah. So in general, it was on a per low basis. We had kind of an agreement based on where one was going to another, what we would get paid. Um, and it was usually more of a lucrative business because when you're running at night, it takes a special individual. There's a lot of physical labor involved, especially when you start getting into pigs that are three, four, five hundred pounds, and you're having to kind of try and manhandle them to move them because they don't want to go in that yeah, little shooting up that trailer. But sure. you got, but you got to be strong enough to push in it. So that's right. Um, it it could be definitely a lucrative business if you had the right contract. I think some of the areas we looked to try and even diversify outside of that contract got a little bit more difficult because you're running empty a ton. Um, people don't want cross contamination, especially if they're a big farm, they want their, their pigs cause disease is a problem. So there's a whole bunch of different inner workings there where if you have the right contract, it can be a very, um, very successful business. But, and, and is there any type of like special insurance that you had to, to haul pigs? It's got to have a special provision in it since it's kind of a living and breathing animal. Um, I think when you see carriers nowadays and they have different provisions, livestock is one of them. Um, and certain carriers don't touch livestock they don't want to deal with it um but it is something that you have to make sure that you it's just like some of the other specialty things you know when you start talking about alcohols and electronics and things that people have to have specialty approval for yeah because of the chance of something breaking a tv breaking in a box or something along those lines it's the same kind of idea here it's there's a better chance that something could happen than if you got a bunch of pallets in the back of a, a trailer that for sure. If half a pallet falls off, it might cost somebody $3 to go get a new block of wood and nail it back together. That's true. That's true. Scenario. All right. Let's leave the animal farm for a minute. <laughs> I'm, I was just trying to learn a little bit. Yeah. All right. So after after this business, you start you know, with, your, with your uncle. What happens next after that? Yeah. So I kind of was looking for kind of my next big thing. I think I got started with my uncle purely because out of college in 2011, the job market was just not great. And so my uncle, where'd you go to college? Uh, University of Cumberland's in Kentucky is where I graduated from. University of the Cumberland's in Kentucky. I've never heard of that. It's in Williamsburg, uh, Williamsburg, Kentucky. It's about an hour North of Knoxville, right off I 75. Okay. Um, what are I they was, known for? Uh, well right now sports is kind of becoming their thing. Um, I played D two ball at Truman state of Missouri for two years. Ball football, uh, baseball, baseball. Yep. Okay. And what, then what, what was your position? Uh, generally second base. I was more of a utility guy as I got older. Were you, um, were you good? Uh, I think I was pretty decent. Okay. I, uh, I think I, th I always found my work to be if my teammates and my coach appreciated the fact that I was there and what my sacri my contribution was, um, then I felt like I was, I was being successful and I played every day and 
um, I was in the middle of the lineup, so I felt like I was I was Pretty doing good. my part. Did you have dreams of the MLB? I did. Um, had some shoulder issues between my senior year, but um, I was on a like an Iowa select travel team at a high school that had a lot of guys that got drafted and played. Um, so even though didn't quite get to fulfill the dream of actually being drafted, I've I mean I've seen guys like Justin Upton up close and personal at tra- at showcases and things. So. I, uh, I got a lot of exposure. I got to do a lot of fun things with it. So got um, it. the big dream never happened, but um, there's a lot of memories that are going to last a lifetime. It might be too late now. Just a little bit, <laughs> considering I hear all these guys are getting old and they're all younger than me. But there is like, I mean, baseball is like the, you can be like 50 playing baseball, man. Or you can be like, how's, how's, who's the oldest baseball player right now? Well, I'm a big Cardinals fan and um, Adam Wainwright, I think is 41, 41. And I think he's... Um, he's retiring at the end of this year. I think forty seems to be kind that, of the that, kind that of that time. line. It, yeah. I think there's definitely ways to to slide in um, and and survive because I mean there's guys out there that are thirty seven, thirty eight that are still yeah. playing great ball. But um, it, it is still definitely you look at some of these guys now that are coming up that are twenty one, twenty two, and oh, they're bad. Man. It's you know I've, I've always admired baseball players because it's like they like you look at them like some of them are like out of shape. It looks like they eat hoagies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> They, they don't have to, it's not really physical, at least doesn't seem very physical. It's like you're chilling in the outfield, catch a ball every now and again, and you're getting paid like trillions of dollars, man. It's yeah. like, it's not fair. It, uh, it's definitely, I mean, there's definitely athletes out there. Um, they're like to be in certain position, do certain things, like the athleticism is second to none. But then right. there's, there's other positions and there's other ways. I mean, if you can hit a baseball, it doesn't matter what you look like it's because <laughs> it's right. such a specialized skill that yeah. you get paid a lot of money, just like in other things. I mean, when this in this industry with hazmat and everything else, if you got specialized skills, you get paid the money. It's the That's same, right. It's the same idea there. You don't you don't got to look the part. You just got to be able to perform. That's a fact. You get paid in proportion to the skills you have, man. Yep. That's a big fact. All right, off of baseball, moving back. <laughs> I like to have going these little tangents. Hey, so I'm sorry. That's fine. Just getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So go ahead. So go. So where are we at? Yeah. We, so started my own company. Um, a guy that worked for my uncle was just burnt out on the ag world. It can be taxing. And so he called me kind of out of nowhere. I was like, hey, um, I want to go over the road. Liked working with you. Do you have any interest in doing your own thing? And at the time I didn't. I was kind of joining the corporate world, kind of going with what I thought was, you know, the plan for me and the way I should go about a career, especially all the uncertainty after college, I was like, I need to find certainty. Um, and I've always been kind of on the strategic side of like, I need to have all these things in place and try and work that way. Um, but he called and I was like, sure, <laughs> why not? This sounds like a great idea for me just to jump right in and do this all over again. It can't be that hard. If we did it once, we can do it again. Right. Um, but in the ag world, there's not the same thing. You don't have to have an MC number when you're running ag, whereas you're a whole different, um, underneath a whole different microscope on the interstate when you're just a regular everyday carrier. And so um, I think it took about four months for the time we started to get the LLC, get the DOT number, the MC number. And um, actually about 10 years ago uh, this month, we got got approved and we ran our first load in October of 2013 and um, made all kind of the classic mistakes I could think of. I went with the first person that made me an offer that made it sound like I could make a bunch of money if I contracted my truck to him, did that, didn't work. So you were leased on to some money yep. first. Started out with the leasing deal where we didn't have a trailer, went out and bought our own truck, um, just kind of got, got going. Um, but over time, we kind of started to figure it out, kind of started to learn the broker world, how the spot market worked, the quality of having a good uh, customer base. 
um, which as a small company can be very difficult. I think it's something that a lot of people preach, but it can be it can be difficult to find a customer, especially when you can maybe get a lot outbound, but you can't get a lot of inbound or vice versa. That's right. Um, and so it's like I got 50% or 40% of my business cover, 60%, but it takes a lot more than that to be whole, um, especially when the market's constantly changing. And yeah. so, um, yeah, we made, made a lot of those inroads. And so over the years, it's like the people that you can call and the contacts you make from direct shippers, customers to high quality broker relationships um the value of that in the time spent that you can have on the phone just talking to somebody seeing how their business work works trying to understand what their their value is and what their goals are and then you can help align like okay if i can if i do whatever you need done to help you get your goal it'll help me achieve mine as well mm. and so i think that adaptability is the reason 10 years later we're still here Got it. So you still run the uh, the asset business? I do. I just I keep I have two guys and we run around and um, I keep them one because they're high quality guys um, and they are owner operators at least into my name and we um, we have a really good customer base so we just kind of keep moving and also they've been a great test dummy for Freightmate because before Freightmate became a, a consumable product for the entire market we had it just internally. So we've been testing it and messing with it for a while for my own business. And um, before we took it to market, they were using it. And so as we continue to bring out new features and do new things and test out automation, um, we want their opinion. And because it's so important to us to make sure it works for them, even in their capacity where it may be different than someone that runs their own business, just because the value um, to us is making sure that the end result in the phone or in the tablet, in the cab, is the best possible experience because we can make whatever needs to work in the office. Got it. So you started off with your own trucks and then you said you leased on at first. Um, and then, so now you have two guys leased on to you. You're, you, you're not running any trucks specifically. Uh, you have them leased on to your authority. Right. Correct. Yep. All right, cool. What do you, what do you, what do they run for you? What type uh, of freight? open decks? So we have a step deck and a flatbed. Um, and so they're basically running, Pretty much anything and everything standard or oversized. Um, we don't run anything usually too specialized. Um, we've had different things come our way that way, but um, we kind of we kind of stick to more of the standard freight that you would see. Um, we've got some good um, customer bases in kind of different um, construction type markets. We move a lot of equipment and things around those kind of pieces. Um, a lot of new equipment that comes off the lines for different ag uh, partners and things like that. So that's kind of the the core of our business. But yeah, we made the transition over the last few years as I was ramping up thinking maybe I would take the trucking business five years ago and really be my my calling um, away from the corporate side. Um, I was starting to realize that by the way I was trying to manage my business by having it kind of on the side along with kind of a, a standard W-2 life, having trucks of my own payments and just having all the maintenance that comes with it when I'm not a technical person under the hood was just not working. People would call me and say, hey, I have this issue. And it's like, I can do the analytics, I can do the loads, I can do the customer relations, I can do all those things. But if you pop a hood on a truck, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> and so when I started realizing that, I'm like, it is costing me an arm and a leg to have trucks because I can't, I have to pay somebody just to diagnose it. I can't do it. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I need guys that have their own truck um, and are, they understand what's going on under their own hood. They're comfortable with the truck that they're in. And, um, when that happens, it just makes it easier. I'll get a phone call saying, Hey, 
clutches, you know, loose. I'm going to see if I can tighten it. And they'll go to a TA shop and like, hey, can I borrow your wrench? And they'll climb up underneath it and they'll take care of it themselves. Where yeah. it would have cost me a couple hundred dollars to get it diagnosed, checked, fixed, and back out the door again. It would have probably cost me six to eight hours. So um, that transition was really helpful for me, especially when I was kind of transitioning from having a, another job that was paying me to now moving into this as well having people like that that can manage their own truck and their own business to a certain extent. Um, Got it. Did you me. did you start in that niche, the oversized niche and, and with open decks or where, where, when you first yeah. got started, was that what you were doing or no? no? So we, when we moved from ag and we kind of went over the road, it was true box, box trailers. Okay. I mean, it like was, vans. yep. And so we really, um, like I said, we didn't know what we were doing and my guy that's what he wanted to do he he was done with the physical labor side he didn't want to toss straps and chains and all and tarps and all those kinds of things he yeah. wanted to um go back and just do dry vans and you know kind of get back on the road and run the miles and so um that's kind of where we started and then after a few years and i kind of got some other people we actually got into the step deck flatbed world and that's where we started making some inroads there um we have done intermodal stuff out of the ports, especially in Houston and Georgia. We were big in the ports there for probably a hot and heavy for about a year, year and a half. So we kind of did the whole intermodal world, chassis management. Chassis, yep. So that was, I mean, that's a whole education. If that's you're, a whole if, other world. If you're a dry van guy going into the chassis world and realizing the insurance and the level of um, information you got to have just to be able to enter a port, it, um, it's kind of crazy and learning all about drayage and how all that stuff works um, is an education. So we did that, but um in general, I got guys now that just want to, they want, they want the exercise as part of the part of it. It's yeah. like, I think one of my drivers has talked about how he's lost like 80 pounds in the two years <laughs> he's worked for me between yeah, yeah. the heat the and just we're constantly, and he always gives me a hard time because he wants, sometimes he just wants to strap a load and go straps are easy. They're easy to toss. Right. And it's like, no, you're, you're hauling another, you know, piece of ag equipment and which requires eight to eight to 10 chains or something ridiculous. And those chains are 40 feet long and they they're heavy. And so he'll kind of give me a hard time about what, what we got got scheduled for the day, but it's, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Got it. So you've bounced. So, and, and, and I'm just establishing really like you've kind of seen, seen it all, right? Like you've done a few different things in the industry. Like you said, you started out with dry vans. You started out at agric agriculture with the pigs, yep. uh, moved into intermodal, which was interesting. And now you're doing like more so like heavy haul yep. type stuff. Right. So which I guess which one did you like the most is, I guess, the heavy because that's where you're at now. Or Yeah, I'd say just, yeah, the open deck stuff has been has been great. We um, I think it's because the partners we have too, um, between the broker clients and the consistent clients we have, we we stay probably 78, 70 to 80 percent loaded. So we're not running empty very often, which to me, um, from my analytics background, was always bigger. It's like some people can talk about how much they make. But then at the same point, if you're running empty so much, that value starts to go down. And so really playing those numbers, we've realized that we we found a nice steady rate where we can in an area where we can work, where it may not always sound like we're making the most per mile. But at the same point, the fact that we're running it loaded and we're running a lot of top tier front loads and not a lot of back loads um, more often mm -hmm. is what's most important to us. And um, those are those are things. I mean, the only thing I would ever say that was great that until it dried up was we had a U.S. mail contract for the better part of 
like eight months. I had two teams running that mm. just in triangles, like just taking turns. And I'm like, that was great because I didn't have to do anything. Right. You have one customer. <laughs> I have one customer. They tell me everything they need and, and everything's that. given on site. Whenever you get back to the primary location, all I got to do is just make sure the driver's got enough fuel in their fuel card. That truck can keep going. How'd you get that? Were you running as like a uh, as like a contractor for prime or? Uh, no, it was just a connection, a conversation. Like I said, I think the biggest value that people can have is that value of caring about what other people are up to and someone turned me on to it and it was a time where they were um usps was literally running it where you could you're getting just paid a flat fee per mile and they're taking care of all the fuel costs they were taking care of everything so it was like you had a negotiated flat rate and you had no expenses outside of the driver mm. or and your truck got it their trailers their fuel everything got it so what happened with that situation uh, just- eventually the driver's just decided that they were not interested. Um, there's more to it than that, but for the, for their sake, I won't share it. But I understand. Yeah, it, it it was it was solid and it was great. Um, and we ran it out hard for the better part of a year. Um, but okay, it, it just we couldn't couldn't keep everybody in on it for the long haul. Um, but it's too bad. It was it was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. All right. So when did you start conceptualizing Freightmate? Um. It's kind of a funny thought. I actually conceptualized it. So like as I mentioned, I left my uncle and I kind of went into the corporate world. I was actually traveling internationally and I was on a flight down to Mexico City and I was running my side business. Um, and I was so frustrated because I had to have internet and I had to have my computer to do everything. Um, and then I had to text my driver, all this stuff. And so I was like managing all this stuff with multiple forms of communication. And um, I was on a eight hour flight from Chicago to Mexico city or whatever it is. And I wrote this like six page document on everything I would automate if I could. And it was kind of the beginning of the world where things were starting to get electronic. ELDs were slowly becoming, they weren't mandated yet, but they were um, conceptualized in a lot of ways. And so I had kind of written this outline of just like what I would do. And then um, about four years ago, I really started kind of diving into ironing out what I would do if I could, you know, bootstrap the money together, how I would build this platform, what it would do, how it would work um, in its simplest form. And then in a conversation with my father and then one of his uh, close friends, who's kind of a guru when it comes to anything and everything, software and technology, we just got into having the conversation about what this could look like if we built it. And we started kind of looking around the market and the way we wanted to do it, the focus of where we were it just wasn't there. And, um, and I knew it because I had been looking for that solution basically every day for five years and I couldn't find what I needed in a price I was looking for and all these other pieces. And so we finally were just like, we did the market research and like, there's a, there's a need here. I had some friends who were in industry too, that I kind of was checking in on with. And I'm like, you know, if I did this, would you buy it? And, um, one guy I played basketball with on Saturday mornings and he, and he had his laptop there and he just kind of looked at me and goes, hell yes, I'd buy this. <laughs> um, and so, cause he's sitting there doing what I was doing. It was just frustrating. It's like, I got to manage everything. I can't manage it from my phone. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things where that's where we kind of conceptualize, okay, how do we do this? And then it was basically asked me, how do we start? Like, how does this process, this automation process begin? And I was like, with an email, mm. 95% of rate confirmations, no matter who they come from are in a PDF everybody sends them that way or can. And, um, so that's where we start is you just get that PDF and you just forward it in and let the AI and the automation tools just pull all the relevant information out. 
and then it does two things. It takes two or three minutes to run. So, I mean, it's getting faster. The more we get through it on a daily basis, the more it gets to practice outside of just the confirmations I have over the last 10 years. Um, and getting all the different forms and all those kinds of things, those are all just hurdles that we have to climb. But um, just simplifying that, and then you standardize it on the driver's side. Every load looks exactly the same. It doesn't matter if it came from a JB Hunter Landstar or a mom and pop customer that you have down the road that you run five loads a year for. It does, everything will come in the exact same way. The address will look the same. The, um, uh, the load, all the stops will come in the same. Everything looks like the pickup number will be in the exact same spot. So you know exactly what you need. It'll all be there. And it instead of you sitting there looking at it and having to try and manage it the from your phone, way. it's there. And my thought when people were asking, like, why is this such a hassle? And I'm like, well, for a driver, if I email you the rate confirmation for you to look at, you got to look up the address to put in your phone or your GPS. And then when you get there, you got to look up the pickup number because obviously you don't have that memorized for the last hour. And then once you leave, you got to pull it up again. And you've now got to pull up the new address to type into your GPS. And then when you get to that place, maybe you got to have a gate code or you got to have a delivery number to be able to give them. So you've now looked at this email four times and that email isn't the only email you've gotten in the last nine hours. I think I'm probably not alone when it says I get 20 to 30 emails an hour when it comes to between work, junk, family, it doesn't matter. And so it's like, we're going to put everything right there. And then the final piece that made a ton of sense to us was it auto organizes everything. So if I got a direct customer, I don't got to wait until next Thursday to dispatch a driver or for if I was a driver to go find that email to pull it up again to look at. Like I knew I had customers that would send me, hey, every Thursday, this is where you're going and this is what we have leaving here. So I just knew I had to be back. And they would send me all those rate confirmations ahead of time. I had all the pickup numbers and everything I needed. And so, but in the old previous time, I had to wait to dispatch a driver till then. Now I just forward all four emails in and he's dispatched and he'll see where when loads are coming in, they'll filter in differently and everything will just automatically reorganize. So now I'm not managing that paperwork ever again. I forwarded the email, it's saved in my files, and I'm done. It's sitting there waiting for them whenever that time comes. And that simplicity not only helps them and gives them the idea of where they are going, where they need to be, but it also helps me. Got it. So this, this AI technology is extracting information and it's sorting it for you to make it simpler for the driver and then also for you as the the owner or Absolutely. the dispatcher or whatever you want to kind of call yourself. Yep. Right? All right, cool. Um I just want to take it back a little bit. When you when you when you made that list on the plane, what would, what was on that list? What were those things that you wanted to that though were the things that if something could do this, I would buy it. This is my need. What were those things? Yeah. So the first thing was automating all this load information. Like the fact that the broker is going to get it from a shipper. So they're going to type it up. And I mean, uh, you hear it all the time on the phone from a broker saying, let me type that up and I'll get it over to you. So they've got an email, so they've got to type it up and then they send it to me and then I got to type it up. And then usually then the driver has to type it up to get it to wherever they're going. So it's like that thing's just the a lot address, of, a lot it, of typing. Going yeah. On. So it should be <laughs> it should be very easy just to pass the information along that once the shipper sends the information of what they need to have, everybody should be able just to pass that information along automatically and it not ever be um, have to be manually transferred again. And that was the crux of where everything started was like there is manual work. Driver has to send in paperwork. They've got to scan it, copy it, do whatever they need to do to get it to me or get it to um, the broker, customer, whoever. And so it's like, there is a manual piece to that, but why does sending in paperwork have to then require me 
in my my ways I would do it to save, then open up a new email, send an email, attach it to an invoice, send it to an invoice and do all of these manual things where I could just hit the driver hits complete trip. He's got all his documents in there and now they're just dispersing to everybody that needs them. Now as a, an admin, I don't have to do anything. The the contact emails on the rate confirmation and where it came from. So I've already got the contact email. And if I can generate an invoice off of the rate confirmation I already have, well, now the driver, by doing what he had to do anyways, is now taking care of all of my work. Or if I'm an owner operator, I'm now sitting there at that delivery, scan my paperwork, push complete trip. All those emails are being sent. And now everything is off to where it needs to go. So that was kind of where we started going. We kind of, when we talk about our load um, operation, we kind of talk about it internally as like a load ecosystem where we're literally that agreement to completion. And there's kind of three parts, the agreement and kind of that pre-trip stuff, getting the, all the load information organized. And then there's the inload stuff. So in route, everything that goes on there. And then the end route, which is once you get delivered, how you manage paperwork and how that gets submitted. And so we're really focused on automating all of that. And that was really what I had written out in a lot of ways. I mean, I've got other things that are Partnerships, things we're working on. Um, we got some fun stuff that's coming up that yeah. we're working out externally from that. But that was really where it started. Was just I should not have to manage this paperwork from the time I get it until that trip is done. Got it. How long did it take you to develop the software, and how did you even go about developing it? Because you didn't you you didn't come from a tech background. You come from more finance, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm more I'm more finance operations analytics um, background, but um, luckily my father has been um, a successful executive for Fortune 500 companies and other things in his past. So he's got a very technical background. He actually goes all the way back to having a like an oil and refining master's. So he's very technical. Got it. Um, and then um, our third partner was actually a close friend of his and a close friend of the family who actually hired my dad at the company where he worked um, in my hometown. And he's, he knows anything and everything tech. I mean, he's the ultimate scientist when it comes to figuring out how anything works. And so um, his side projects on top of this project are mind blowing of the things he does and kind of how he can scale things and do different, do different projects. So um, between the three of us, we just kind of started conceptualizing me from kind of an operational piece and a strategy piece of what value it brings. Um, and my dad kind of giving the overview of what kind of pieces we would need or what kind of what the technology would kind of look like uh, from an overview. And then our third partner, he dove right into the automation piece. He figured out what kind of processing we would need to do, what that system looks like, how we need to code into that system. Um, and then we have a third party partner based out of Kentucky um, run by a company that's a close friend of mine who is kind of also helping with the, the group of people that are actually doing the coding on a daily basis. But um, yeah, the, the hardest part was we've been at it now for about two years, start to finish. Um, and it all was really just around the testing and the execution from that extraction piece. That was really, the rest of it's, um, especially for my partners, is pretty easy. It was just that extraction piece has been uh, the most important part. And we're just bound determined to get that to hit 99 to 100% every time. We know there's thousands of ways people can do it. Um, but there's- so What do you mean by that? 99 to 100%. So when you're pulling data off of a PDF and there's thousands of ways, thousands of options, if you have a standardized PDF reader um, in this sense, it's only it's going to read off certain cues. And so on a standard rate confirmation, the pickup could say pickup, PU, PO, 
um, stop one, stop two. I mean, so it can be all these different things. And so you have to write code to be able to distinguish between all these things um, so that the system pulls it in, organizes it correctly and eliminates or at least minimizes the amount of review someone would have to do on um, the admin side once it comes through. Because the number one thing we thought when we started this is you can't have an automated system that has to be checked. Like that kind of takes away the the value. I mean, taking a 10 minute, a 10 second check is fine. But if I push this thing through and now all it did was save it to right. the dashboard, now I got to type it all up anyways. It's What's like, the point? yeah, I'm, I'm trust that it works the way yeah, it's supposed to work. I'm going right? to guess I will get a lot of nasty phone calls um, as the CEO of this company saying your AI is terrible because it doesn't do anything. And so right now we're 90, 95% um, and we have a way to check it um, to make sure that we hit higher. But when we look at that system, that's about where we are um, on our side, but we're bound determined to adjust code, do different things we need to do to, to keep, to keep pushing higher. Got it. So other than saving you time, mm -hmm. right? What else is freight mate saving you? All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. So right now we're in the time, the save time and save money aspect. I mean, and really in the current form with the automation piece that really is focused on saving time. And it's kind of almost like a one to 20 scenario. Um, and the way we look at it, kind of we go back to the finance analytics side is everybody's hour every day is worth something. And it kind of comes down to how you value your time. Is that what the one to 20 is? I've never heard yeah, of that. So Yeah. So in that? general, like what we say is you're going to put in, you're going to pay for one hour of work. So for an owner operator, $20 a month. And you're going to pay. And if you're valuing your hour at $20 an hour, we're going to give you 20 hours worth of that work. We're going to save you 20 hours worth of work between managing that information, keeping track of all the paperwork, sending it all in through invoicing and all of the process and all the time that our automation will save over the period of a month is 20 hours worth of work that you aren't doing. So you're going to pay us for one hour of your time, theoretically, to save 20 to 30 hours a month per truck. And like so that. that that's kind of where our our 1 to 20 value that we Did you make that up? That 1 to 20? Kind I, of. I like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it actually kind of rolled off in a conversation with somebody that we were talking to early on and they're like, "Well, how much time do you really save?" And I was like, "About 20 hours a month per truck, roughly. We for one you pay for 1 hour per truck and then um you get 20 hours in return." Got it. Got it. Okay. And then that's an important part. Pay. How much yeah. How much does this cost? Um, talk about it. Yeah. So the way we have it right now, I mean, it's 20 bucks a month for owner operator. Um, it's as much as you'd pay for one dinner um, for just, you know, a stop at sometimes. Um, it barely costs more than what a shower costs nowadays on the road. <laughs> so it's a very it's relative uh, cost and we are focused on keeping it as low as possible. Um, we are as efficient as we want our app to be, we want to be as a company. Um, from the and it can be fourteen ninety nine a month if or fifteen ninety nine a month if you pay for the year, so you get even more of a discount that way. Okay. Um, and you get access to all the features. Everything. For that. Okay. And, and we have more features coming out, and there's no price hikes planned. Like we are, ultimately, there's a part of it that just has to be there, um, and that's the part that 
from people we've had so far that have signed up and gotten into it, they understand like there's a piece of technology here that just isn't free, but we are going to do everything we can by not having all these crazy overhead pieces that cause us to have to require a greater amount um, on the sales side to make sure that it stays as um, small as possible. And we've got a whole bunch of features coming out through the end of the year um, that we're excited about. Um, and so, and then hopefully some of the partnerships that we have, that'll be completed. That'll also be, you know, no added cost. So it's kind of, you know, with us that you're going to pay something today. You're not going to have to worry about getting that email in three months saying, Hey, costs have gone <laughs> Netflix up. on me. Yeah. So, um, exactly. And so, um, from a fleet side, it's basically two plus it's, um, 39.99 per truck for a user. Um, and then, or 34.99 if you're paying for the year on an annual basis. Okay. And the reason for that is there's an extra level of technology that goes into the decision piece. When you're an owner operator, everything goes into one account, the account you set up, everything's easy. Um, when you have more decisions to make. So when it comes to, you have maybe multiple dispatchers that are sending in rate confirmations into the system that need to be managed. You have multiple drivers and you're attaching different drivers, um, to it. Like all those pieces, require an extra level of technology, which requires a little bit of extra cost as well. And so, but once again, it's one of those things where we look at it from the standpoint of how much your, how much effort, especially when someone maybe is in the office managing paperwork for 10 trucks, you know, it's not, doesn't sound like a massive organization, but if you're one person and you got to send out 10 dispatches, manage 10 rate confirmations, deal with 10 incoming bill of ladings and invoice 10 people, and all that paperwork's coming in at random. So you got to track who's it coming in from, when did it come in, who does it need to go to, remind, remember, remembering all the brokers and customers that you have. It can be still a little bit of a task. And if you can just clean all that up, the lack of headache alone um, is worth is worth a fair amount of that money. And so, um, but that is that one to 20 still still applies. Got it. What has been the, uh, the biggest challenge for you in building this technology over the past four years? Well, there's no doubt the PDF reader, um, the reader. Is, is the hardest part. Um, Getting the, that 100%. Yeah. Is it possible to get 100%? We're going to try. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think saying anything to be 100% is is definitely a challenge. Perfection. It is. and I think, But I think if you're not striving for, for, for perfection, then you don't have a goal set high enough. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where we, we set lofty expectations for ourselves because we know that our customers are going to have lofty expectations when they pay. Um, we truly believe that every dollar you spend with us should be considered high value. Like you should be getting value for every dollar you spend and looking at us going, this is a bargain. I'm getting more for every dollar I spend with you than what I'm actually paying. Yeah. And so the goal is always hundred percent, but the variation level and the constant changing is, um, is definitely a hurdle that we have to continue to cross because people are updating their forms. There's new TMS softwares on the broker side or on the shipper side coming out every year as we've talked about. Um, and keeping up with that and trying to stay on top of that is, is the hardest part. So, so with the, you're saying you're currently at like 95% or whatever the case may be, what is the net impact of that? Like, so it's reading at 95 now, not a hundred. Right. Mm -hmm. So that means when you, this, PDF is the, the word, the information is extracted off this PDF. How does that look to the user? Like what, what's, what's the, the disconnect, right? So, if, if you will. So you're talking about when, what's the error? Like when what's we're the talking, error? Yeah. yeah. So what so, would be the problem? Like, why can't you say it 95%? Like, 
explain mi- that. It's usually misplaced or not included information. That's okay. usually our big, two biggest issues. Um, and a lot of times it's partially just like with the rate confirmation. There's people out there where they will put in the pickup name, like the warehouse and the address, like the first part of the address, the street address piece all in one line and then put the city state zip on a different piece, which the city state zip is so easy to do already. But the system will read since there's no distinct space between, you know, Ramel's warehouse, one, two, three main street as the name because right. it's not realized there's no distinction of any kind for the system to fully understand that this is different because you could be Ramel's warehouse one two three like that could right, be possible for sure and so it's just one of those things where that could be a hassle and so it'll put that in the name and then it'll put nothing in the street address because there wasn't one according <laughs> to the system right um and it's truly when it's amazing when you start talking about technology and i've learned this when i've talked to our partner is it has to be precise like precision in technology is key because if you don't make it precise and you try and make it general it will treat it generally and um that's where we're really focused on making sure that we're getting close to 100 percent. it's like garbage in garbage out 100 percent, right so i mean that i'm just trying to understand like how it's even able to do that that's crazy like to be able to decipher because it's all based on the way people input the Uh input the information yep so it has to get smarter and smarter to learn people's error in order to, just, you know, take that information and then, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's it's kind of almost like people when you are talking to somebody and you're kind of learning their mannerisms, how they communicate, and all those kinds of things. You may change how you communicate to more effectively communicate to them. Our that. system is doing the same thing here, where it's seeing its error because we can train it on what its error was and then it won't make that error again it's kind of that same idea of like mirroring off of oh i've seen this before because i've seen a a broker name or a customer name or something Mm. that triggers the fact that i've seen this before i know that when i get to this when i see a number in that sense i need to stop um that could potentially still be a problem which once again now we go back to the lack of 100 percent again but it now has thought about okay I don't need to do this. I need to put this here. And now we may have to fix the problem later if it's warehouse one and then there's a space, but at least now we're, we're training it to look for it. And right. so those are the pieces that we're just constantly working through. That's cool. Who else is doing this? Uh, we've seen a few people that have different AI pieces or different kind of automation pieces out there, um, but they seem to be more still, they're more in the TMS side. They promote themselves as TMS. They wanna be kind of a full service solution. They, especially from like a price standpoint, they're priced higher. Um, for like to be a solo operator, you're gonna pay to way we look at it, you know, like a three to four truck value uh, potentially. And so there's other parts that you get with that. But I think too, like I said, we're very high value on partnerships and things. And we believe there's people that have built accounting systems that are better than we could design. Um, and they can be as cheap as free out there. <laughs> that it's like, you know, Let's just, let's have you use them and you manage your business from an accounting perspective through them. And, but look to us to help you with your operations piece because so much of trucking is in that time frame of the time the load getting in the cab to the load being completed yeah. by that driver. I think that's so important. You just mentioned partnerships. So uh, obviously you have partnerships with accounting companies. So or? we've got partnerships. Obviously we're in early stage of the life cycle. Right. We've got um, so basically right now you can extract things and upload things easily. We have all the formats and all those kinds of things. So we haven't fully got some of those things baked out, but at the same point, we've got things in process. Um, and so I kind of mentioned when prices aren't going to go up, partnerships are going to happen. Availability is going to be there. 
Um, and so all those things are going to be included in what people pay. What so, type of partnerships would you be looking for? So, I mean, you're talking, looking at like accounting solutions to be able to manage your AR um, and be able to look at that accounts receivable, managing those invoices. We'll do all the work for you. We'll upload everything in. All you've got to do is when payments come in, we're not going to reconcile your payments received um, kind of stuff right now. That's not our area. Um, when it comes to like factoring companies and some of those kinds of things, we've got some interesting things in the works with um, a few different major players in the in the industry um, about how we can connect with them and simplify that process. Um, so hopefully here in the next few months, we'll have a nice big shout out about some of our new partnerships and what AI and what automation can do to even streamline that process even more. Um, Cause there's some pieces of that that are very manual and very difficult to sometimes use on your phone. I mean, they've done a great job of building platforms and ways to get into the system. You're not sending emails and having to hand write things like you did 10 years ago when I first started. But at the same point, there's probably still an easier way for us to connect and create those links um, compared to what you may have to do now. And so um, we're, we're really excited about some of those conversations that are going on and what we can do there. Got it. How are you currently getting getting the word out about FreightMate outside of being on Truck and Hustle? Right, so this, <laughs> this is why we're here. Um, we've, been at, we've been at trade shows, um, conversation pieces with different people that are um, have a lot of clout and a lot of carry in the industry. You can find us on social media. Um, LinkedIn is kind of the biggest place we've been because we've really been focusing on, especially those kind of small truck owners. It seems to be a place where they go. We start out really trying to promote it through Facebook and Instagram and kind of those markets, but it was a little harder to reach people um, just in general. It seemed like people weren't on Facebook to buy anything. They were on there to consume <laughs> what their family's up to and what their friends are doing and, right. all, and see where they want to go on vacation versus being hounded by me to saying, hey, <laughs> I can help you. Um, and so we went where business is and we went to LinkedIn and we've been really focused on just growing our presence there. Um, we send, we have a pretty robust email list. So you see a lot of value that comes from us. We're always giving helpful hints and tips and tricks that I've learned over the years um, just to be helpful. I think we want small business to be successful. We all know the numbers and how how hard it can be to succeed through year one in the trucking industry for sure. And it's just one of those things where if we can help, I mean, I would have loved this tool 10 years ago because it would have told me that I got to have a bill of lading signed to send in to get paid because that was to the level of things I'd have to deal with in the ag world because we had a different system and especially with a direct client, um, like we did, it was kind of unique. And so going this route and having to, um, having to deal with paperwork on a different level and different things, I mean, it would tell me right away, like my, our system is literally telling me, you need to have your bill of lading. If you try to complete a trip without it, it's going to ask you like, was there a bill of lading for this trip? Do you want to upload it? And it'll ask you to go back and do it. You don't have to, but it, it's definitely verifying that. And so it's kind of an educational tool. It allows you to kind of follow the flow of how things need to go. Um, and then, you know, it helps you invoice, which is a struggle for guys that are on the road all the time and having to deal with getting in your system and getting those invoices, pulling all that paperwork together and getting that stuff sent to where it needs to go. It's like, we know where the accounting, the invoicing email is that you need to send it to. We've got it right here. We're going to do that for you. So that way you don't have to worry about it. You keep worrying about making calls and making relationships and doing all those things. And we'll help you um, behind the scenes in the areas that, I mean, you, it's a big deal when you go from being a company driver to your own, own side. It's, you're still sure. a driver. You're still an expert at what you're doing, yeah. but you have a business side that you may not have ever touched. 
that you now have to try and figure out and navigate. And we love being a partner for that that market. That's right. Are you guys uh, 100% bootstrapped or have you we taken are. any money? 100%. Nope. It's all, it's all internal. Um, so it's been, um, yeah, just kind of us going about it. And we've got, got what we need to just kind of keep going. And How is it, how is it doing that? Like not having outside capital, just kind of doing everything on your own. Is that a struggle? It's not a struggle. Like there wasn't like we had to, like we're not, we'll never be out there saying we had to max out our credit cards and all these <laughs> other things to, yeah. to say to get there. Um, yeah. But at the same point, it's, I think venture capital or some kind of funding is always interesting. Like it's, it's a different dynamic because you take venture capital, which is helpful. You can mass grow and you can do a lot of things and hire a lot of people. And then you have a boss and you've got you got expectations and quotas and you may have to change your direction potentially. Um, And we've got a very strong vision of how we want to drive value and how we think we can do it in, in a certain way, especially technology wise that will allow us to do so. Um, And so we'd have competing interests potentially like sell, sell, sell could be part of, you know, six months instead of build, 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 which is kind of what we want to do. That's right. And so, um, there is that, but it, on this other side, it's like if you're you're sitting on two million dollars of capital for a year instead of a bootstrapped amount that you're using to build off of, um, it's helpful. I mean, there's no doubt that you could definitely do more. It just sure. kind of comes down to how you want to how you want to run your business. And luckily, with our customer base and our current funding scenario, where everything is moving in the right direction, and we hope that we can just continue to go, but someone finds us interesting and says they want to have at least a conversation. I mean, we're, we're never going to turn down a conversation from any potential partner in any, any kind of platform. Got it. Got it. And no, I love that. I mean, that's a great way to describe it. How, how many users do you guys have now on the platform? Um, we've had, I think we've maxed out at about 30 different MCs. Okay. So it's, it's slowly growing, but once again, we've only been selling. We showed up in Matt's in April. Um, but we really only have been selling for about eight to 10 weeks. So, I mean, we really do feel like the new kid on the block. Got it. Um, and we've had a ton of interest, even just like it's been kind of massive through August. A lot of people, a lot of calls, a lot of conversations. And we've been actually really happy with how fast some of the sales cycles have been. We kind of figured the educational piece. What's a typical in, sales cycle? Oh, three to four weeks. Okay. Um, sometimes less, which I think is the part that was kind of crazy. No, yeah. it's two or quick, three conversations. Quick turnaround. Yeah. Especially, especially when you start going larger and you need, you know, you don't have three trucks, you know, and one guy just that's out there calling the shots. You've right. got, you know, you got husband and wife that have two, two dispatchers and a manager that they've got to sell this idea to that, hey, we're going to change the process. And, you know, you've got, we've had different kinds of conversations. So it's, it's all been good. Um, but I think it's one of those things where we've been really encouraged with just how fast people have taken to it. But then we also understand there's an educational process sometimes with, when you're transacting for money that you can't always feel coming back, um, there can be a little bit of a hold. Like, what am I really getting? And I think really teaching people and sharing that vision of that one to 20, like your time is a value and we value your time. And we're not trying to um, take advantage of that thought and that feeling. We're just trying to help you see that when you go home after three weeks on the road, you shouldn't have to do three weeks worth of work in a weekend. You should get to spend time with whoever you want to spend time with. Right. And um, with paying for that 20 hours that you're going to get at home that you might have to be working on invoices and all this other stuff. And during the week, you're now getting a chance to rest, make relationships, just get off the road and get your feet up. And 
it costs you an hour of your time to do so. And so that value, as we get people to understand that and really kind of think that way, because it's a little bit of a different selling thought um, yeah. where it's like, no, I'm going to give you this for this. And you're, I'm gonna, you're going to give me five bucks. I'm going to give you 10 is not kind of our, you know, it's not a way we can <laughs> talk about this, but yeah, yeah. getting people to really understand that your time is valuable. We value you and your time. And so for a very small fee, we're going to help you improve and maximize your time. That's right. Do you sell? Uh, yeah. Right. I, I am. If you call me, I'm, I'm your guy. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, my, uh, my father and then our other business partner, um, they're definitely on the tech side. They manage all the guys that are doing all the coding and the engineering and all those kinds of things. So it's, um, I'm, I'm the marketer. I'm the sales guy. I'm all on that side. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, man, I think we covered it. I think we covered it. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add just in terms of, you know, announcements or anything that's coming soon? Um, that people should be aware of on the freight mate side um, that we didn't speak about. Yeah. So when we kind of talk about some of the features post load, um, like some of the invoicing features, things along those lines, we will be bringing out kind of some new stuff where if you add other receipts and other things, you'll be able to add that to the invoice before it gets sent. So you'll be able to send not just $1,200 invoice for a load you completed to whoever it needs to go. You'll actually be able to modify that and send that out as well. Um, so that's some of those kind of things are really going to be big. Um, can't tease out any partnerships yet, okay. but, um, we got a lot of that fun stuff coming out. Um, and so that'll be big. And then the big thing we've got kind of in our back pocket is something that we haven't seen or even had anybody even sniffing around yet in the market that we're hoping to bring out next year. They will kind of hit all three of our big pillars when it comes to something that'll save you time, save you money and help you make more. Um, and so can't really give too many details because that one's, um, that's a big, big sauce. project. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the next big thing, uh, from us that we're really, really excited about. But, um, we will say that it's, it's very company beneficial, but very driver focused. Um, and it will help a lot, um, on both fronts. And so we're really looking forward to that and it'll continue in the same path we're at now with our AI and automation piece. Okay. Where can people follow along to hear new announcements? And as you guys kind of bring things to market, where can they hear about these uh, new new events? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you search uh, FreightMate app, you'll find us. FreightMateApp.com is our website. Um, if you want to sign up or get more information after hearing all this, we actually have a FreightMateApp.com backslash truck and hustle site. Um, and with that, you'll get more of the white glove service, um, that you may not get if you sign up after reading and seeing like, I'm just interested in sign up and you kind of go through the platform. It's very intuitive, but you're doing it on your own. I mean, we're going to, we're going to train all your drivers on it. We're going to train your admins. We're going to do all those kinds of things. Um, hook you up with some free freight made swag. We got hats and shirts and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, um, and just kind of getting a little bit more of a hands-on feel, we've got all that. So freightmanapp.com backslash truck and hustle you can find that too i love it i love it something special for the truck and hustle family yeah we got it we got to support we where got, people support we, us we, we we love that we love that um and app is available on ios and android it is yep and um probably one piece we didn't talk about is you can run from an admin you can run everything on your phone too you can do all the editing the managing um the assigning of drivers all that stuff it can all be done on your phone that was one thing um that was so important to me go on vacation um, we go to a rural part of Iowa every year 
and um, there's not a lot of internet service outside of certain areas. And so it's like you get out on a golf course or you get where you're walking <laughs> around with your family eating dinner and it's like, you got to take care of something and got to go find my laptop, got to take care of this. And now I can forward the email from my phone. It ends up in the system in a couple minutes, sign a driver and I'm, I'm done. I don't have to spend, but 20 seconds on my phone and spend the rest of the time with my family. So it's just simple stuff like that. That's um, super helpful. Are most people using the mobile app or do they, do they use desktop when they're using it now? Pretty much all admins are using the desktop just because that's where they're based. Um, we don't have many people that are like driver owner at the moment. Um, so we do have a few and they are at that point using the app for everything. Yeah. Um, but the option is there. I think in general, the people that we have that are on it, the owners, they love the fact that they can. And so if they need to do something or, you know, everybody, everybody's somewhere when they don't want, when they have something go wrong. I feel like in this industry, <laughs> you can be doing, That's true. you never know. You could have, you could be Sunday, no one's driving and all of a sudden something, somebody calls and there's a problem. So, um, it's one of those things where being able to is the biggest thing. Um, and then you can get alerts to your phone. You can turn them off. So it's like, you're on the go and you want to turn your alerts on. It'll tell you when drivers are completing stops, when they're completing loads and all those kind of things. So you don't got to check call and do all that kind of stuff. Got it. And I just want to add this because we didn't talk about it earlier, just in terms of function and, and how you use it. Cause you start talking about adding drivers and so forth. Can you just explain real quick the journey of a person when they kind of download the app, what they'll see, kind of the onboarding process, what that looks like, and just some of the features. I just want to make sure that people understand that. Yeah, absolutely. So you sign up through FreightmanApp.com. It's very easy to hit that button. It's about a three-step process to fill out your uh, DOT number, email, and information. The second page um, is just a little more information. And then the third page is the payment page. So it's very, very simple uh, from that standpoint. And then it will redirect you exactly where to um, download the app in uh, the App Store. And so uh, you download it, you sign in with the um, username and password that you've already created. And if you want to add a driver, you can do it either in the app or um, in the system. And then it'll send them an email to download it. And all they do is basically put in their email, hit forgot password, create one, and then they're off and running as well. Um, and so then from there, you when you first enter the system on the computer you enter in all your computer your company information you could enter it to in on the phone it's just kind of your general mailing address you know kind of if you were filling out a w-9 it's all that information minus your um business tax id because that's not any of our information necessary um and then right there you're in and you'll see on the left there's on the screen you'll see on the left that there's drivers trucks trailers so you can add all of your equipment in there um very straightforward and then on the right side in the top corner, you'll see you can upload a rate confirmation right there. You can create one manually if you want. Otherwise, in the email you'll get as soon as you sign up, we'll tell you how to forward an email. And it's as simple as take that rate confirmation, forward it to loads at freightmanapp.com from the account that you set up or any accounts that you add in the accounts system um, online. And it'll all end up in the same account. So if you have five dispatchers, you only have to have one account. Like we're not charging mm. on that front. It's purely just user base um, on the driver's side. So if you got 20 trucks and five dispatchers or a rotating few who come in, I mean, there's any number of different dynamics you can go through. We didn't want anybody to have to worry about that. You can give 30 people access to the dashboard if you want, that anybody that's gonna dispatch trucks, owners want access, they all can do it. Anybody that's selling, getting rate confirmation, so they all end up in the same place. So um, 
but yeah, it's all right there um, to do. And then um, you forward it in. Uh, in this case, the rate confirmation comes in. It's right there in the trips tab. You show it shows up. It says basically to assign a driver. You've created all those. You can attach trucks and trailers to drivers. You don't have to make those decisions later. And you just pick driver one, confirm that's the truck and trailer that you want them to have. Um, especially with small business, you don't trade trailers that often. Right. And then it has a feature where you can show rates and show the actual document if you want to. Some people want to share it, some people don't. So we just basically give you the option to say yes or no. You hit the button, sends an alert in the phone in about five seconds to the driver, says you have a new load assigned to you. It's in their queue. Um, and then they just got to click on it and get started. Um, you can do the same thing in the phone. The driver app has basically a queue, an active tab and a completed tab. So you can see your history and all those things. The admin has a fourth tab that has kind of like your pending. So all the stuff you haven't dispatched yet. So you have like your queue, a dispatch piece of all the loads that you have in people's phones, but aren't active in active tab, all the loads that are currently, um, being moved at that moment, the drivers have started or not completed and then a completed tab as well. So you can use all those different pieces. And you can chat with drivers directly app to app um, in it. You can add anybody in any part of the account in there as well. Um, there's a calendar feature if you're trying to remember what you did last Tuesday, but you can't remember what it was. Maybe there's a piece of paperwork or something you're trying to figure out. There's a calendar piece in there. So all of your loads by day are all organized. So you can um, search it that way as well quicker than maybe just scrolling through the, the history. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's add drivers it's in the drivers it's we try and make it as easy as possible got it got it super simple super easy yeah affordable um a great solution man sounds sounds like something very interesting that i think people should check out for sure thank you yeah we're uh, we're excited about it we're looking forward to not just everything we've done but everywhere we're going and um all the people that we can help because i think we've we've heard a lot of people that are excited just about the simplicity sometimes too because sometimes as we have talked about there there's a whole world of software solution out there in there all is. different forms and trying to bring a little clarity um through the noise is is helpful so <laughs> um that's what we're here to do agreed 100 percent. all right uh so before we go uh we have to you already let everybody know where they connect with you directly you said yep. freight mate app yeah that uh we thought we would be an app. We built, we started this thing in 2020. Um, we thought this would only be an app. And then Got we it. realized as we were going, it's like, well, we need to have a web. Some sort of, yeah. So when we, we web got presence. it all like there, um, that ended up being the URL we got was framateapp.com. So F-R-E-I-G-H-T-M-A-T-E-A-P-P.com. Correct. Yep. Okay. So, and then you type that into any social media Freightmate app all our stuff will come up. Um, okay. And like I said, the most robust area will be in um, LinkedIn. And then eventually we'll probably be in YouTube because we'll have a lot of demo stuff coming up over the next few months. We're working on a lot of, we're putting out a lot of new features and doing an upgrade, kind of our version two of the dashboard is going to get a kind of a face, facial uplift and everything else. So we've got a lot of those things coming up. So we're kind of holding off until we get all that stuff live. Um, and then once we do that, we're going to have a lot of demo stuff going up. So if you're like, hey, how do I add a driver? you know smart. and just so you'll have a lot of how to's and stuff like that and it'll all be available on our website and on youtube so youtube and linkedin will probably be our biggest spaces um but we we just put fun stuff up on facebook and instagram um just trying to be helpful as yeah. much too like we'll throw random tips out there so give us a follow for that got it and where can people connect directly with you jeff so jeff at freightmateapp.com is okay. my email um that's going to be the easiest way to go phone numbers 470 
uh, 660-5810. Okay. So give it give a number. It, yep. Give, give a call. Well, <laughs> I, as I said, I believe this is a relationship business. Yeah, I believe yeah. that, you know, to get forward, you got to go together. And so if you want to call and talk about it, if you want to call and complain about it, if you want to call and share your greatest thought ever, like we're open to it. We're, it we're very interested in, in working together with, especially with the small, small fleets um, in learning what's most important to them. Cause we think when we started this, it was an underserved area of the market. We think we have a lot of value for the bigger fleets as well in the midsize. Um, but we think that there's an underserved market here too that needs to be heard. And we want to be a part of that. hundred percent. I love that. All right, cool. Uh, and then lastly, our final thoughts. So every show we end with a final thought, it could be something entrepreneurial, spiritual, wherever you want to kind of come from, just to kind of leave the audience with, just a final jewel, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up and take it out of here. Um, well, I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna take two things real quick. Like one that. of them is I like that he's ambitious. Yeah, one <laughs> of them is more of not profound, but more of a profound thank you. Okay. Um, I think it's one of those things where a lot of drivers and a lot of um, small companies don't always get the recognition of the spotlight that they deserve. I mean, 90% of all companies have less than three trucks, or so you know the numbers somewhere around there. So there's a lot of work being done in this country. Um, by those people. And I don't think they get enough of a spotlight. I think just as a community, sometimes it um, gets more of a dark light. And so just know that there are people like us out there that appreciate all the effort, time and work that they do. Um, and we're here to support you. I know there's other people like me out there that are interested in supporting you too, but just know that we appreciate everything. Um, and then never, for all those people, never undervalue the power of a relationship, a conversation. Um, it's amazing what a genuine interest in someone else's time and goals are to help match to yours and what kind of value that can bring to you, not only in the short, short term, but the long term. I think there's a ton of value in just getting to know somebody and understand uh, what they're about. I love that. There's a saying that goes, an interesting person is an interested person. Or if you want to be interesting, be interested. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of like what you're saying. If you get to know what people need, what people are about, what moves them, you become an interesting person to them and then you make those connections. So, Absolutely. I love that. Great final thought. All right, Hustle Fam. Um, this has been another amazing episode. Uh, if you don't respect it, your whole perspective is whack. You know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. We are live from Atlanta. Myself, Mr. Jeff Davison, the CEO of Freightmate. We are out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go! <laughs>